Hello, people of the internet. On this episode, we get to sit down with my brother, Zach McCown, and his business partner, Carlisle Jones. We talk about their company, LCY Media. They just opened up a new place in Avondale, and it was really cool hearing the backstory about how they transformed an abandoned building into a new multi-use studio. Be sure to check us out on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This is Heavy Ultra. This is Heavy. Well, dudes, thank you guys for coming to hang. Yeah. Zach, usually you're over here sitting next I to me. I feel like I'm in trouble. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> Zach, so, we need to talk. Get yeah. on that side of the table. Get on that yeah. side of the table. Yeah. Um, at least you get the good seat. They're going to look at you the whole time. That, yeah, that means you have to start. talk. Yeah. You're always hiding over here. I, I like the corner. Okay. Uh, but yeah, man, I think it'd be cool to, to talk about LCY. We've mentioned it several times, you being on the show every episode. Um, kind of learn about who you guys are what your company does for those that don't know and then kind of all the things you guys have a space in avondale now have a studio that you finally gotten the doors open to it's been, thank god it's been crazy um but you guys are in a prime location it's really really cool place to have a working studio print shop arcade recording booth all the whole a thing. cool spot just yeah, a that's cool what we spot. wanted we yeah. wanted to, like a cool spot people walk in it's like damn i wish i worked here yeah. it's like yeah you do uh, before we get started, a huge shout out to Missy. Uh, she's the brand manager for Good People Brewing. Mm. Hooked us up with these beers. Uh, I got a fridge stocked full of them. Uh, thanks for the sound effect there. Yeah. Uh, it was delicious. Cold. It was delicious. It really is good. <laughs> it really is good. It really is a good beer. Like, it's not like, it's like, we've been drinking Good People for like w- way longer. That's than, usually what I have on here. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, we, we drink Good People probably more than 2008. Well, legally brewed in 2000. Legally so. brewed. Yeah, yeah. Really we've been, le- we've been legally drinking it for a long time. Um, but yeah, no, she reached out and she's a fan of the show and said, hey, can I bring you guys? She brought us like two cases of beer, man. It was awesome. Mm. So, yeah, like we're alcoholics. Uh, well, but now we're stocked up, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's got a stretch. Appreciate well, it. We give it away every episode. Yeah, too. Lawn Chair You'd need some beers uh, too. So if you ever want to bring Lawn Chair <clears> Ute, <throat> uh, Zach loves beer. I'll reach out there and see if we can cook that up. But yeah, man, uh, the road getting to having the studio that you have in Avondale now, how did that begin? Um, how did you guys find the spot and and just walk us through? Well, it actually started where you grew up, Alex. Okay. At your parents' house. Oh, we're going way back. Yeah, no, we're going right. from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. It's our it's our episode. We can we can like get through like super quick though. Okay. But, okay. Oh, we're taking it way back. All right, okay. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. How so, did you guys meet? How did y'all get get to know each other? Well, I stole Zach from his friend and at a party, and then we hung out every single day, made YouTube videos, and then Zach had this. Uh, I was in the hardcore music scene. Uh, when I was younger, like 16, 17. And that's like when we were like, just starting our friendship. And Zach actually was uh, printing t-shirts. He made these t-shirts for a band called Keep Your Guard. Mm-hmm. And I, we there's a, a shirt that I wish we made. I wish we made the Billy Mays shirts. Cause that's remember, all we did. Oh, we did the Persephone shirt. Yeah, they wouldn't print them because he like just died like yeah. before, like a couple of weeks before he did it. But anyway, but yeah, we, did, uh, we didn't even print the Persephone shirts. I had to order those too. You didn't make those. But anyway, he was making t-shirts and stuff, and then he was making his own brand. He was doing, like, Honest Fight, and then he did some Alabama hardcore shirts. And then Got a lot of shit for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get to a point where we're like, hey, let's mean you do, like, a company, and then we're just randomly throwing out names. Like, we had, 
I can't remember any of them, but we had like I think Redwood Saints was one that we really liked because mm-hmm. uh, of Persephone. I came up with that name for like a song, and he's like, "Ooh, Redwood Saints would be kind of like a dope name." And that's stuff. a badass name. Yeah, the Redwood Saint. I'm gonna start that back up. That would be cool. I mean, LCY just literally just makes whatever we want nowadays. But I mean, so LCY was one of those names that we threw out. Lawn chair youth, and that's just what stuck. Yeah. Did yeah. it start out just to be like a T-shirt? Yeah, pretty company. much. Yeah. yeah. And to, it kind of worked out because that's when I was like rapping because my band just broke up and I started rapping and making music. So for anyone that hears this and knows me as like a videographer, I'm actually a rapper first. And then I generally got into doing videos because I got tired of paying people to ruin my videos. And so I picked up my parents' really crappy camera and then I went home and shot them. Zach would either edit them at mm-hmm. the beginning and then it got to a point where I got me a good computer. Luckily, Zach was a Mac guy, which made my whole life way easier, especially as a musician. So uh, so pretty much we go from... <laughs> You're <laughs> we, really running through this. I'm telling you, because you want to get to the good stuff. No, 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 that's good, that's good. But anyway, yeah, we, we started getting into your parents' basement, and we were printing the first lawn chair, which is just like a little, what, three, a 2.5-inch chair, like a yeah, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I wanted it to be the size of like the polo horse, like on polo, but just a lawn chair. Yeah, yeah just, just a lawn, lawn chair. chair, and they <laughs> sold they sold really well. Like, it really did. Yeah, yeah it did. People really dug well. it. Yeah. yeah, we still see those shirts from time to time. Yeah, I saw one at the. Uh, I, I took photos at a skate park. Like uh, there was like a at the dojo. He was at the dojo event. Taking Somebody was wearing one of the old yeah, school. Yeah, he wore the gray ones. one, which is the one right before the white one. And like like the first ones that we sold were the gray ones. Okay, it's like the first shirts that we ever printed under like LCY. This is like twenty third. Now is this on the press that you built? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one we built in the basement, and actually we found an old hard drive that has footage from that day mm-hmm. of like it's at dad, the studio. Now that's what I just dropped off. Dad today. helping me build that press, and then coding the screen, and the first screen that we printed on it was that shirt. Yeah, sweet. It's yeah. crazy. It because like it really is like years in the making. Like I was telling him yesterday. I think same goes with you too. Whereas like being in being in like regular nine to five jobs, some nine to five jobs really do help you in later in your life. Like having some work experience really does help you in the grand scheme of things. Like for y'all. Y'all both know how to do any TV hang up. You know how to do any AV run cables. You don't have to really second guess that kind of stuff when it well, comes sure. up. Yeah. Well, with that profession, you learn a lot more than just AV, yeah. which is paid off to answer your question or to get into his question of opening the studio. A lot of the stuff that I learned secondhand at Holt, just through our coworkers, not necessarily AV stuff, really helped with the build out process. Once we finally got in the studio. So you guys are in Avondale. You got the studio open. Um, how did you guys find the building that you're currently in? And where are you located, just for those that don't know? We are in. We are on 5th Avenue South, down in Burnt, 3614 6th Avenue South. Not 5th, 6th Avenue. You said, you said 5th. Mother F. But right next to, uh, like, Brown Derby, I think. Brown Derby, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What was the question? How did you find this place? <laughs> uh, completely on accident, actually. Yep. So maybe, oh man, ever since we started doing like music videos and stuff, 
kind of backtrack. We'd always talked about how cool it'd be to have our own studio. We were kids at the time. Like, there's no way. It's just a pipe dream. And so as LCY progressed and Tim was picking up more and more music videos. It's basically evolved into a production company. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. definitely. Because kind of what he glossed over is we started, Tim's a rapper. Tim was filming it, was having people film his music videos, and they were terrible. So we kind of took that over. I, and, and I was, was going to add something to that. Well, shut up. Go ahead. I was going to say also with me being a rapper, Zach got into web design and and really got into like the 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 designing of like coding and websites and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like that really does help a lot into what brands LCY different than most people. Because me doing videos and shooting that for people is it's completely different when you're trying to do a clothing line and also you're trying to make your name like having just a logo. I mean, look at Heavy Ultra. Like y'all's logo is badass. But, Thank you. you know, yeah, Zach made it's all it. him, yeah. But at the same Actually, Alex made that logo. Well, Zach well, is credit for it, some, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were doing his own music videos, and other people were seeing it. It was like, hey, can you shoot my music video? And that snowballed into, hey, let's do video production. So along with our clothing brand, it really kind of morphed into video production, I would say. Yeah. Not, because we're not a print house. We, we're solely a production house i guess you'd say for for a, a long period of lcy where we had a dormant period and then the videos started mm. popping off yeah then we slowly did videos means that lived together and we were still just trying to get that like first like real you know hitch to be able to get a spot we kept doing it doing it doing it and luckily it you know it happened but just shooting videos for people it just blew up more than i thought it was going to do like to the point where I could quit my job, you know, like three, you know, years later, like I was just overworked and stuff like that. But yeah, becoming like a production company is the only way that we kind of would be able to finance like what we're doing now. Oh, yeah, so. that was the dream. So like I said, we that was always like the pipe dream. And so I'd say a couple of months before, I think he had, again, we glossed over this, after he had signed his management deal, Tim had come into some money and then he, we were like picking up more and more videos, video productions. And then I was like, hey, we need to like, we keep talking about it, talking about it. We need to pull the trigger and let's find a location and do it. And so that's kind of what started of like, okay, we're actually serious about this. That's when we filed for our LLC, became an actual business. And um, yeah, for several months, we looked for a place to move into and none of them were quite right. We had, we had, started looking at what's called flex spaces, which essentially is just a huge warehouse that's divided up and then it's rented out to different businesses. Like an incubator space for yeah. new businesses. Yeah. yeah. But what we ran into is the kind of the work that we do didn't coincide with other businesses that would also be in the facility. Sure, you're yeah. not just sitting at a desk all day. You actually need room mm, to, that's right. to record and film and have backdrops. And not and smell stuff. weed. Yeah, we do. That too. Yeah, we deal with that a lot. Yeah, but it's um, a big one. So several months of going back and forth, touring locations, talking to realtors and all these people, and finally, even just driving around, we would spend. We're like, okay, on Saturday we're going to spend six hours and just drive around. We went through Trustful, Birmingham, Homewood, um, Irondale, Avondale, First Avenue, everywhere, just looking at signs hanging on the wall or hanging outside of a building, calling the number, hey, is this available? And so none of that worked out. And finally, I reached out to a broker, just a real estate broker. 
and was like, hey, this is the work that we do. This is the space that I'm looking for. What can you find me? And he shot me back a couple of locations, one of which being the location we're in now. But he said, this one's kind of a fluke. He's like, if you look at it on Google Maps, it looks abandoned. He's like, I wouldn't really pursue it, but if you want me to call the guy, we can. And then he discussed his rates with me on how much it would cost him to like do all the heavy lifting. I was like, I can call the guy. Like, I thanks for showing me this stuff, but technically now I don't need you anymore. Yeah, I don't need a middleman. Like, yeah. so I called him. I called the the landlord and talked to him about it. He's like, yeah, it was an old poker bar. He's like, but it's gutted now. He's do like, you know the name of what it was before? It was called Amvest. Amvest, mm-hmm. which is not a good name. Okay, just to let you know. Like, but we come come to find out. After we moved in, a couple of the people who played poker there have since stopped by to see what the new building is. Come to find out it was like a high-stakes poker bar with like armed guards at the door. It's like a $100,000 buy-in. These are like- Are you serious? Yeah, these are like like people who, business owners with like tons of cash to spend. And everybody who's walked through the door and been like, oh, what is this place now? They all say the same line. Man, I lost a lot of money in this building. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, now they spend a lot of money in the building. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but okay. So let's let's get into how terrible the building looked. It was pretty. So it was abandoned, like I said. And even the realtor told me he's like, "Hey, this used to be a poker bar. It's been vacant for years." But on the flip side, he 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 gave us a lot of perks, a lot of incentives to take on that building and do the build out ourselves. Versus, like, he gave us X amount of time with free rent, and um, he gave us extremely cheap rent. And then every year the rent only goes up, like, a couple of dollars. Like, for the for the spot that we're in, in Avondale, in the up-and-coming area, like, I know our rent is way cheaper than all the other buildings around oh, us. Oh, 100%. Well, the building, before you guys did all the work that you've done, that we'll get into, and I want to preface by saying, interviewing you two guys, I kind of already know the story. Well, yeah, you... Obviously, She's uh, literally about to show the video. Yeah. If you want, if you want, you can just play that video for, like, like 30 seconds. Like, just skip to the middle of it and play it so people can kind of see what it looked like before we renovated it, if you want to just cut to that. Because I think that's the best way for video watchers to, like... But I have pictures. I've got pictures I'll send to Alex when it was completely gutted. There's no framing, no no nothing. Yeah, I'll post some pictures of it after the fact. But um yeah, so that place was completely abandoned and uh we kinda before we get into that, just so people know, we kinda talked about it a second ago and I kinda know this already, but you got into doing uh, management for different artists. How yeah. how did how did that come about if you give us a cliff notes on that for those that don't know? Because you're also so, like managing these like high end <laughs> artists that you know, which yeah. I'll preface: we Heavy Ultra has already done a an interview with Carlisle Jones, so anything that he leaves out, you can go watch his episode because he goes into way more detail on. Which yeah. is your alias, Carlisle Carl Jones? Yeah, Carlisle Jones is. I I don't know what you're. Gonna, I guess you're gonna put my real name for this, but I mean, I would. I say no one knows me by my real name in the music scene. Everyone knows me by Carlisle, hmm. unless they cash at me or airdrop me something. That's the only way they ever really know my name. But but other than that, yeah, I um I was shooting music videos for the I was shooting music videos for two artists, or technically three of the artists. I was shooting music videos for them, and one of them started doing really good. The other one started doing really good, and the other one was already famous. And and then when I started managing two of them, uh, everything we started traveling, did a, you know did that, got signed to a major label, 
got money from that label, saved that money, and then waiting for this big event of getting this building. So that way, me and Zach are not just in debt. To, you know, Dude, yes, the yes. whole and having time. nowhere to shoot. It seemed like all your videos you were shooting up until you had a space. You're just having to go out wherever you could we're find. We're in the streets. Yeah. So here's a fun fact. Here's here's a real fun fact. Before the business opened, we shot. 80 videos in the building as it was just getting built. Yeah, yeah. Since I, yeah, which we'll get into, but day one that we signed the lease, we were in there using it as a production space. Yeah. So what did it look like when you first get into the space? So I'll send you photos of that. Um, terrible. It was just an empty warehouse, leaky warehouse, no windows, big gaping holes in the wall. So um, what what made you want to want to pull the trigger on it was just perfect the, it, it was it was perfect so <laughs> it's falling apart it's the worst building we possibly have ever looked at but yeah. it's perfect so we're going for so it. during the months of looking and and walking through locations um this space was double the size of all the spaces that we looked at it was an independent building so it's not attached to anyone else it had more space for like parking and it gave us a private alleyway and on top of all of that, it was less than half the cost of all the other places we were looking at, prime location. So we, we knew going into it that based on what we would be paying over our lease, that the money we would put into it to renovate it would be well worth it. And I'd say we're in the building a year now, and it's already paying itself. Yeah. So it was a wise investment. Yeah. It was isn't very expensive. Like... I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest any person to do what we done unless they had that money just to to invest and fall back on because like you know I'm I'm ranging I range our building to be you know worth 80 to 100k in just cost just to be able to have the building in it yeah work what, and what run. we put into it yeah yeah so like you know which is not just you know some normal normal person can just you know just have I'm gonna start much. a business and move into a hundred thousand dollar yeah no most people would, most people would start in maybe like a like a five hundred to eight hundred square foot room and then they would try to you know build their business up have like a little backdrop for them to do it but like that would not suffice for us like that would not do it I don't want to just own a recording studio in Birmingham I don't want to have just a spot where I can take photos. Like I want to be able, I want to be able to like really make videos, and like you have to have square footage to do that. Yeah, you and need a high ceilings, yeah. and high ceilings. You have to yeah. have high ceilings. Which all there's this one. There's only one other property that I I think that me and Zach liked. But like you walk in the front door, it has its little office spaces, and then in the back of it, it looked like a car garage. There's like a little thing in the middle, and then it was super wide. It was actually probably bigger than our warehouse in the back of it. It's the one that had like the ant bed in the front. Yeah, yeah. Like no one's been yeah. there that long that the ant hill was inside Dude, the building. We walked through some dilapidated buildings, buddy, and and so we called this particular location he's talking about. I called the realtor, and the realtor's like, "Hey, yes." Um, these are available, but I'm not available till next week. And me and Tim are already on the property and, and it's a, it's a big lot of just all these flex space warehouses. They all look abandoned. And I, I told Tim, I was like, I bet you these doors are unlocked. Let's just oh. walk through it. And they were, they were unlocked, open and just what you'd expect. Just an empty, abandoned, just shithole. It was so bad, but it was awesome, but it was in Homewood. So we didn't really like that, like being in Avondale so much closer. to Like having to drive t towards Lakeshore every day is yeah, like yeah. a nightmare. Over there by Red Rock. 
Oh, okay. That yeah. kind of was it West Homewood. Yeah, yeah it's just not. Wor- it's just not worth it in in retrospect. Like you'd have we me and Zach wouldn't be able to just like get there in a hurry if we need. That to. building would have been four grand a month anyway. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Dumb. So of all the dilapidated buildings you looked at, you we landed chose, on this dilapidated building. We chose building. this one. Yeah. So yeah. so day one, uh, you sign the lease, you work it out. You're like, this is a great spot. We can make this work. It's going to take a lot of elbow grease to get it up to snuff, but mm-hmm. we're going for it. What was one of the first projects you tried to tackle or what was like n- numero uno as far as like, we have to do this before we can use this space? Uh, find a contractor. Okay. And that was the hardest, one of the hardest things because we've, we fell into a couple of different things. We're a new business. And then two, like the the finding a contractor, how can I put this? It's a commercial space. So you have to f- hire a commercial grade contractor to build this out. So you couldn't just start doing work yourself. We could. <laughs> we could. And then in the hopes that nobody ever came, that the city wouldn't come and inspect it. That you didn't it. get inspected. Okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But, but you have to have the city come inspect your property anyway to get it signed off anything. So... Spending. Before you could get like water and electrical and yeah. stuff turned on, so you gotta have right. it. We yeah. had to do it anyway. So regardless, even if me and Zach wanted to technically do it, yeah, which we would it yeah. would have bit us in the ass and probably cost us more money, fine, mm-hmm. potentially lost our business business anyway. So it was so just, that was the hardest part because we had a big warehouse, but we wanted an open floor plan because we have a big production wall and we really only need a room for our our recording studio, and I only need a room for the print shop. So it's like we only have like five rooms in this place and the rest is open. So when you go to hire a commercial contractor, there's no profit in it for them because they're only putting up 12 walls where they're dealing with big multi-million dollar contracts. So that was after we signed the lease, it was probably another eight months before we locked in a contractor who would agree to do the work on the building. The minimal work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's during 2020, Mm -hmm. which we all know what happened in 2020. Yeah, the whole, yeah, that whole spiel. So So. that made it even harder. But so while we're trying to figure out a contractor, me and Zach did the first thing. There was these big old AC units that 100% the the people that own the building never use. There's no way they use these. It was like a a wall-mounted window unit, but it was like an industrial size, like, eight foot by 12 foot unit that stuck on the side of the wall. So that was the, one of the first things I remember coming to help you do is mm-hmm. we unbolted those things and, and they ripped just, them out they, of the they wall. Just, they were like two tons each, you know, yeah. just yeah. fell off the yeah. side and of the We building. got so lucky because there's, uh, luckily in Birmingham, there's guys called scrappers that just drive around their truck all day, like looking for metal. Oh and, yeah, we set those out in the dumpster. And, they and the guy was like, I was like, there's these? no way that somebody would pick those up. <laughs> they were gone that day. And they day. were gone that day. Yeah. That's crazy, man. So in that time of trying to lock in a contractor, me and Tim are just twiddling our thumbs of like, okay, what can we do in the building? That being one of them, take out these AC units. There are spots where like windows used to be and they were all busted out. So we knocked out all that and then hired a guy to come in and do um, cinder block to block it all up. Just minimal things that we could do until we locked in a contractor. Yeah. All the while, we're doing video shoots and building our own sets just in this shitty warehouse. I'm pulling the van in, and we're running electrical off the solar off my van so that we can run lights during production. Yeah, we like we we made probably like 10 grand off of just using car batteries or using like portable batteries to shoot videos. Like, 
because there was no electricity in the building. Like mm-hmm. one of my artists, Day Day, that I managed, he literally, we shot three, three or four videos in the studio uh, of his before it was ever finished. Even up to his last one, mm-hmm. uh, you ain't got to ask. Like the vi- it, we didn't even paint the walls yet. Yeah, like it. It's still, you know, like this is still. But like, you had a space, man, and you're. And using we had a space, it. and we were milking it for all it's worth. So we're taking on video contracts like Day Day. That goes. That's all through the label. So we have to convince the label that we have this production space that we can do this high budget. And video. this isn't some indie label. This is Sony. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that you yeah. guys are talking to. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, we got a production we got space. We got but this. we'd already proven ourselves because we've Tim being the videographer. He's, we've already done multiple videos for him, so it was it was easier, but. We didn't necessarily come to him being like, we have this abandoned warehouse. Yeah. You know, but yeah, we pitched it like we have a production studio. Yeah. So, we did. Um, something comparable to what you guys envisioned was the Image Hive over, Image mm-hmm. Hive over in uh, Avondale. Yeah. Um, they have like a, a space where photographers or, or anybody can go in and rent um, a studio space with the, the traditional backdrop that you see, different colors. Right. I guess that played some inspiration because you guys, if I'm not mistaken, had actually rented that space. Yeah, we rented different from shoots. Yeah. From You're like, them, man, I want my own space. There's a huge production warehouse in Atlanta. What's that called? Um, I think it's just called like uh, My Studio Atlanta. I think it's like something like that. I had to look it up. But anyway, no, there's a, there's a big production studio in Atlanta which is like a 10,000 square foot. Two, yeah, yeah. They have two 10,000 square foot warehouses for like just... How many times have y'all been there? Never been there, but I've seen I've seen probably like 100 videos shot there. But okay. they all have like pre-built sets. Like you have like a hospital room, you have a jail cell, you can have like... Oh, it's a full-blown movie studio. Right, <laughs> right. Which, crazy. which is our next step. Like, so hopefully LCY in the next two more years that we're at that building... If we do decide to, you know, re- redo it, which I think means I are probably going to redo the the lease there, I'm pretty as long as it doesn't just. That's like, what I'm saying. I hope they don't skyrocket it. Yeah, I don't think he will. I feel like he's respectable. He got a actual building f- because of us. Like he actually has now a business that he doesn't have to worry about trying to like sell to someone. But we'll have that conversation with him hopefully a year before. Yeah, yeah. Before he like does say like, hey, we want to re up this lease. We want to like keep this building. But me and Zach. Man, we're already like, can't wait to have the 10,000 square foot or the 5,000, 10,000 square foot warehouse Mm -hmm. because like... The movie lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because we walk to lunch most days and we're just walking and talking. It's like, oh, look at this warehouse and what could we do here? And imagine if we got this where... Oh, I passed this warehouse coming into work today. Like, what if we got this space? Well, the next warehouse is having your own food court, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. But the, the, the dream keeps growing. Yeah. Like we're we're in this spot, but this isn't it. Yeah. Like this is definitely like a stepping stone to yeah. something to see bigger. it that to see that we could do it. Yeah. And man, it is so doable. Like it's ridiculous. Now that now that all the shit is done and it's built out and we're like officially open, yeah, it's it's balls to the wall. Yeah. Okay, so you guys, let's back up. You guys are shooting in the space. You ripped the ACs units off the wall you got big gaping holes um you hire a guy to come in and do some block work mm-hmm. uh what was the next big accomplishment uh we locked in a contractor who so, finally agreed so to you had to find and find it hunt and hunt and hunt and finally found somebody yep zach, I, don't, I don't even zach, know if i know the full story about before, how this happened don't don't even ask for that zach we're not gonna we're okay. not gonna talk about him that's like fair. that that's fair that's Which fair is, he he did the job yes he, he somewhat he did he, the job uh, uh, yeah, several months later, the work is done and it is being paid off, and we are in the building. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I have choice words that I would love to go in on, but without res- completely dragging yeah. your contractor through the mud, what was some of the problems you guys had initially out of the gate? And walk me through the different steps. Just the back and forth, just of like him being the middleman between everyone else and being like things are going to happen now, but technically they won't happen for another four weeks, and just just the waiting and then promises that were never upheld and things that maybe we should have gotten in writing that we didn't to come back and be like, yo, this is this is how things were laid out, and this is not how it was done. Because going into the build-out... I mean, this is the first time you've ever done anything like this. Oh, yes. For, oh, next yeah. time, next so, time I mean, I'm going to be We sweet. got it right next time. But just we had hired my dad, who does um, CAD work, and he had drawn up all Our the blueprints. Dad, yeah. yeah, your dad. That's what I said. <laughs> you said your dad, my dad. Our dad. <laughs> I hired my dad. <laughs> my dad. And um, so we had done, I don't know, I won't go into it. But, yes, the work has been done, and it is done now. But yeah. You guys had a lot of problems with, uh, with like, water. I mean, that was probably we one of the biggest have, issues. We still technically have problems with water, but, like, there's nothing that we can, like, necessarily do. Like, like the flooding that happened last night. Like, oh, yeah. That's that. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, yeah. like, it flooded in here in yeah, this basement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you can't. Like you can't naturally just sometimes fix water, but with what our building was doing, it was a hundred percent fixable. Yeah, yeah. It just takes a lot of money, and it takes a bunch of people to, to believe you and to commit to just doing it. And yeah. even like we would go, it's like, hey Tim, it's going to rain tonight. Let's meet at the warehouse and just wait. So till specifically, it rains. what would happen? <laughs> so it would rain. So it was the water would build up on the roof and then seep down into the cinder block walls. And then as it came down the cinder block walls, it would just spit out inside <laughs> the building. It would find the hole, the, the, the quickest Water's just shooting hole. out of the wall. Literally, yeah. like a Literally faucet. Shooting like, out of the, a like, faucet. A, like a faucet. I'll send you that video. Because there's me standing there, and it's shooting out the wall into my hand. Are you serious? And I'm yeah. just looking I don't at know if camera. I saw that. That's crazy. Yeah. And then it would travel down to the foundation, and instead of going outward, it would go inward. We had problems with, we replaced the... Um, the garage door, the old door that used to be there would leak super bad. And then the grating in the parking lot sloped towards the building instead of away from the building. So when it, when it would rain, we'd get this huge puddle out front of the building, but then all the water would slope f- towards the building and come under the front door and through the garage. <sighs> so glad we're over this. And, um, yeah, that was that was one of the things I will talk about that we talked to the contractor before work ever started. We... There's water coming into the building. Okay, I'll fix it. I'll handle it. Then construction started in the building, and the leak wasn't fixed. So all the new construction is getting wet. They're framing and walls. They're doing it, stuff. They're doing drywall and everything around the water. The contractors are in there standing in the water still putting up drywall. And Boss like, man says put it up. That's what we're doing. <laughs> mother. Yeah. So that was a big hurdle. Which now – I'm going to say this too. I'm going to say this now. The them. I'm glad that we didn't actually have the contractor do that because that would have cost us way more money for them to fix. Because we ended up getting most of our water problems fixed for free because it falls under the landlord, which it always did. But where I talked about earlier, he was our contractor was kind of the middleman. So we would tell him our problems, and he would say, okay, I'll talk to the landlord, and we'll get it handled. And it just never did. So when we finally went to the landlord, had him on FaceTime while we're walking in all this water, 
that's when he's like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, I'll be out there this week and fixed it. And he did. And it was like. But it was the, but it was the landlord's son who just took over the property. Oh, yeah. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. There was a landlord. You're caught right in the middle of this transition. Well, yeah. we had done this before. So Tim and I lived together in Pinson and we signed a lease on a house and we worked with this gentleman. And then right after we signed the lease, we got a mail and we got a letter in the mail saying, "Hey, actually, I'm no longer your landlord. I sold the company to this business." And then we had to pay our rent through that business. So the same thing happened here. We signed the lease with a gentleman, and then right after we signed and got in, he handed the company over to someone else. So we dealt with a lot of problems with the first landlord that were then all resolved when he handed the business over to somebody else. Crazy, so, epic. Yeah. Yeah. He also called us today about the gravel. He said he's uh he came out and looked at it today. Did he? Yeah. Good. So, so what, the what postman got stuck it? today. Are you serious? The postman's gotten stuck. The UPS truck has gotten stuck. The our neighbors have gotten stuck, and a lot of our clients have gotten stuck. So you guys are still having problems to this so, day. <laughs> so what I talked about before, Endless. how the parking lot used to slope towards the building, they came out and dug all that out and sloped it towards the road. But they had to dig down several feet. And instead of just backfilling that with dirt and then putting gravel on it, they backfilled all of it with gravel. So you have like three feet, two and a half, three feet of gravel that's just all, it's just... McDonald's ball pit. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, that's a perfect example. So I drive a Honda and it glides right over top. Tim's car glides right over top. But you get the UPS man that comes in. He just sinks. (laughs) He just sinks. And it just, it's it's made the parking lot so bad that it... Now, when normal cars try to drive in, they just get stuck. And so we've had to call the tow truck, be like, hey, we need you back out here today. We got another car stuck. Come pull them out. That's crazy. That's yeah. right there in your parking lot. Yeah, yeah. but we've talked to the landlord, and um, apparently he came by today, and he's going to yeah, fix it. You, we, we left it looking terrible so that he knows. Because we used to just go out there and kind of shovel the rocks back in because we you know we have people yeah. coming the next day. Yeah. So we, I was like, no, we're just leave it like this. I'm going to send some pictures in the morning. I sent him the pictures. He called me, and he's like, okay, yeah, that's terrible. Because it's like you you literally have like three feet of rocks in the air, and then you just – it just it's goes like trenches. Trenches. Yeah, huge. Yeah, trenches, yeah. Like, yeah. It's so bad. I can actually, you have me another beer, by the I way? Actually, um, yes, I can. I'm thirsty. Talking about all this, this problems. Well, I actually drove by the shop today and I saw the the trenches going into the parking lot, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's pretty bad." We we finally bought some cones and put them up to keep, just to tell our clientele that's coming in, like, "Hey, don't park in the lot. Unfortunately, we need you to park on the street or park at the lot next door," which sucks because we have this awesome facility and we're having to tell people can't park, use the parking park lot. on the street. Yeah. Yeah. It looks good from the street. From the street, you you'd be like, man, that's a good little parking lot. Then you start driving on it, and you're like, okay, I ain't gonna make it. Yeah, like like we had a guy literally a centimeter from the curb. A guy got stuck a centimeter from the road curb. That's was how- this the Mustang? Yeah, this is when little JoJo got stuck. So we had a guy who had pulled into the lot, and as soon as his back tires hit the gravel, he sunk. And he started spinning to the Which point. Which he just sunk more. Yeah, so he buried himself down to where his bumper was sitting on the asphalt, sitting the on the road. street. So, yeah, sitting on the road. So he was way to call a tow Super truck for stuck. that. Oh, yeah. Dude, that sucks, man. You yes. don't want to deal with that crap. Yeah, it yeah. sucked. So when you guys originally designed the space, I know that you had to get it. Uh, 
um, building inspector came out and had to look at it and kind of approve the the plans, I guess. And even yeah. though as simple as they were, it kind of snowballed and you guys ended up having to do a lot more stuff than you expected. What, what was some of that? So I think a lot of this, again, I think a lot of it still falls on the contractor. But in the back of my mind, I think maybe him and the original business owner was like, the business owner was like, hey, this is an abandoned building. Here's because he referred the contractor after we had gone so long without one. He's like, all right, I'll help you guys out. But I think they were kind of in cahoots to where the building owner was really like, hey, I need this in the building. And the contractor was like, hey, you got to have this in the building. Because after looking back on it now, on stuff that we have, it's not necessary, the stuff that we have. Such as? So we we were told that we needed two restrooms in our facility because we were like five feet over the threshold like a 2400 square foot building this is have... the contractor that told you that mm-hmm. yeah oh i thought it was the city inspector that came no here it was our no contractor idea. he told us because the city requires it he said it that the city required it yeah because we're just necessarily isn't the case um i could see that in a big warehouse with you know if you're doing like office spaces and stuff like that but our particular building isn't the case so yes to answer your question we had to change a lot of things because we wanted like a green room we wanted like a staging area for our equipment. We wanted like a a closet that we could lock all of our gear into. And all of that had to be scrapped to make way for like, you have to put a restroom here and this this closet has to be this wide and then this kitchenette has to be like this and all the stuff you wanted the print shop actually, you don't have room for that anymore. You got to do this. Um, Yeah. Just a pain. Just a, yeah, it was a, like I said, I could, I won't get into it, but yeah, it was a dealing with him was not fun. Well, for anybody interested, uh, you did document a lot of this stuff. You guys yeah. have a series. If you go to LCY Media on yeah, YouTube, yeah, just LCY Media. If you want to hear him actually rant about it, he does it in the videos. Mm-hmm. But it's cool the videos that you guys made, um, and I was a part of some of them. Uh, just walking through the processes of you know renovating an abandoned warehouse and mm-hmm. kind of. For anybody that's interested, can see all the steps and just all the hard work and frustration that you guys yeah. have to go through. Well, because we love the video part of it. Like, we love making videos. And so this was a great way to just document, one, the the business that we're starting and how to get word out. And then, two, to, like, just to make cool videos of, like, hey, this, this is cool. But also a way for me to freaking rant and just lay which, it out. Which makes it all a video so much better. Like having some drama in a video ne- necessarily does make it better. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, especially when you don't when you don't plan it to happen. Like, like our biggest videos are like the videos where we're naturally just having more fun. Yeah. And then the flooding ones are really not that well received compared to some of them. Because we're just bitching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you know it flooded the first time, cool. Then the second video comes out and it's like update. Still, still flooding. flooding. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But but like looking back at it now, I mean like. If you're watching our ascent from the first video to the last video, we've come a long way in yeah. the few months we've been uploading. Oh, it's YouTube night videos. and day, man. And uh, the website's up, so it's mm-hmm. really cool. Everything you guys have going. So, you guys have a full recording booth. Um, mm-hmm. You're dealing mostly with hip hop artists and stuff. So, oh, yeah. somebody can come in and set up their drum set and do like a full five You could band. actually. We, uh, we're, we have a couple lined up, actually. They're going to oh, use really? the production space because. For some reason, how we built it out, the reverb is like really well for drum sets. Sweet, yeah, yeah. Just put a just put a rug down right in the white wall area and run all the cables, and then a drummer would probably it probably sound pretty, you know, I guess, badass. Have y'all done that yet? 
we were working with an engineer who told us like, yo, I, we have to use this space. Yeah. So, okay. So walk me through, I know some of this, but how does the space function? So you've got a, a full blown print shop. Um, that's kind of your space. you you come from the printing background, always doing t-shirt designs and stuff. Did some designs for us, done some designs for some other clients. Um, and what? then you've got the recording space and you have different engineers that mm -hmm. you work with that just come in at whatever time and, yeah, so luckily getting into the space and us talking of like we want a production studio, but him being a manager and going to all these different studio spaces, he now has his own like portfolio of artists and instead of paying to go to other studios, like why don't we have our own recording studio? So yeah. we definitely built that into it. And and I would say the biggest part about our business versus other places is because I've spent thousands of dollars at studios. I spent thousands of dollars shooting at other you know businesses for white white walls and i've done all this i wanted to make a place that i think is affordable and also is a place that when you walk in you don't forget it like there's i i feel like we have probably the most recognizable studio in birmingham easily because you walk in you see a white wall immediately huge big bright white wall whereas most of the white walls you see in birmingham are either small or they're not well lit and well, dude, I, uh, I I posted some photos. I'm, I'm part of like some photography groups, and right after you got the the site went live, um, I posted some pictures of the white wall. What's the dimensions of it again? It is 24 feet by 12 feet. 13. No, it's 24 feet by 16 feet by 12 foot tall. So it is a corner white wall. It's not just a flat wall. It's like an actual corner. The back wall is 24 feet wide. The side wall is 16 feet wide, and the whole wall is 12 feet tall. Well, I took some pictures that had the actual dimensions and just shared them to some of those groups. I was like, hey, new studio in town, if you guys need a place to shoot. And pretty much all the reaction was like, that's the biggest white wall I've ever seen. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. humongous. Yeah, because this is exactly what we needed. Yeah, because with eight foot, you're going to see... Like, you're automatically going to see it the whole time if you do any wide shot. But uh, I, I will give credit to... Like the to, edges and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of the studios that we've rented from are more photo-based. Sure. It works great for if you're doing photography and backdrops and stuff like that because you don't need a huge wall. But if we want to park a car in there or bring a motorcycle You in, literally could. Or have, like, 25 people all in the wall and shoot wide, we can. You and can we shoot have. wide and still not catch the yeah. edges. And, mm -hmm. dude, yeah. That's so cool, uh, man. Niles Bryant rented our studio out the other day, and he he literally was like, hey, I want to shoot a scene like this. And I was like, yeah, it's so, super possible. So like, And he, he did it. The dude came in. He had, I think he had like 18 people with him. Mm -hmm. And he's in the front of 18 people, you know, rapping, doing everything like that. And shots look immaculate. Like, And what's cool, I've seen some of the, the videos you guys posted lately. I'll do so much. Um, you can light it differently, so it's white wall, but it's like I've seen videos where it's like a purple background, green background, yeah. just and that's all in the lighting. It's and it's kind of uh, you're not really in the hip hop space like like I am, but like live 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 performances. Shut up, dude. Not you, him. Oh yeah, yeah, you loser. <laughs> but anyway, like you, uh, if you want to do uh, like a live performance, there's like probably like twenty people right now that are doing live performances and all of them are doing either like they pull up in one spot people will come there they shoot it but they either do it outdoors or they're a big company that has like full-blown production teams they have multi-cameras kind of like how y'all where y'all can just switch cameras at any moment and then the video's done immediately like that whereas ours is completely different i i 
I hate copying people. That's like, like I, I mean, I get inspired by people and like, oh, I want to do a shot that's similar to that. But like when I was like, oh, I'm going to do a live performance, I was like, let's just do, put the mic and then it's super professional. If you walk in and see, you have this, you have this big old dome light right above you, right over the mic. So the person is clear, you know, the light's not super exposed. And then the whole background is 15 feet away so that you can really ha have all the color hit it. And it's just like super, the hue is just super exactly what you want with RGB. So I, I kind of formed it. Plus also I do handshakes. I'm not just on a steady cam. It's not a camera on a tripod. It's like actually going with the music, like the camera shakes and everything like that. And that's why people keep loving it. That's why people keep hitting me up. Like I posted one yesterday that I shot and in one day I booked like 10 lives. Well, you said you got like 15 or 20 booked yeah, for like tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, Tomorrow's a busy hey, day. hey, we're, hey, I'm doing it this day from this time to this time. Pull up, pay me the, the fee for it. And then you shoot your video. I turn around, plug it in my computer. I have a pre-made template, color it, get it, cut it, export it, give it to you within 10 to 15 minutes. Dang. For $150 or so whatever. So it's like a single shot, like just quick one-off mm -hmm. video. Yeah, but it, mm -hmm. but it, but it's entertaining because like it has the shakes in it, like what a music video would have. Yeah. It's not like, hey, let me put this on a tripod and then have another camera and then try to cut them because that's automatically going to take you, you know, Oh, yeah. So no, you're cutting out the editing. Yeah. Yeah. But you're also getting a more engaging video for the song. So to me, that's but that just, seems to be popular. People are doing that. Oh yeah, I've shot I've shot a uh, fifty three in in fifty three last month. Oh my gosh! Yeah, one month. Yeah, one. that's crazy, man. Yeah. You guys are definitely staying busy. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so tell me about the print shop. Uh, we had the Yellow Hammer guys in here the last episode and kind of geeked out on like screen printing and stuff. And, and that's right up your alley. That's what oh, you yeah. do. And yeah. uh, how did you guys? I mean, obviously, you started out building your own print shop in Dad's basement. Yeah. Um, you've evolved since then. Very much so. Yeah. What was the process of getting your print shop up and running? So we that was always a key part of our business was the LCY merch and the video production. And so when we did the studio space, that was definitely like we have to have a print shop. And if we're going to do a print shop, we have to do it way better than we were doing it when I was in the garage. And that was kind of like my like ultimatum was like if we're going to do it we have to do it right and if we're putting all this money into the building then we have to spend that a, a chunk of that money to get a professional print shop and we did so we found a uh just a mom and pop shop who had done screen printing for years and they had retired and they were just selling all their stuff for an incredibly low rate like a steal yeah so we went and bought it and brought it back to the warehouse. Where was it? Was it here in Alabama? No, it was in North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. ran a budget truck and drove it all the way up there. Yeah, took a box truck up there and got it. It was this whole studio, like his whole print shop. Anything you could imagine that goes into a print shop, heat press, screen print shop, screens, ink, uh, flash dryer, conveyor dryer, emulsion, like uh, squeeze, like all this stuff. That the washout everything literally uh, that uh, only people like zach would geek up and be like yo this is the best yes like, yeah okay so because he, he so to preface we had i had i had uh priced up everything what it would cost had we bought it new or second hand from other people and then all together buying it from this couple in north carolina we saved over ten thousand dollars just wow. by buying it from them versus had we just pieced it out new or used 
So we again, we got a steal on this place. Did you just find them on Craigslist or something? Or Facebook. You, Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace, yeah. yeah. After searching for months, because I was constantly texting Tim links of like, to get his approval of like, hey, do you think this is a good price? Can we swing it? Yeah. You know, what do you think? Because we just got our business loan, which that's like a whole process by itself, but we got a business loan, not enough to like pay for the contractor, but it was enough money to help with the contractor, but also fund the thing that yeah. we've been wanting Getting to do for a gear, long time. Because we had already had money set back, but that was like our fallback. It's like, we don't want to exhaust everything we have in our savings when the bank is willing to give out loans for low interest from, from when we got ours. Yeah. And so that's what we did. And um, yeah, so we got the print shop, brought it back, finished the studio, got all that set up. And kind of how we promote it, like if you go to our website now, we do not promote that we do screen printing. It's all what I call private. It's all in-house for artists that we work with and then just designs that we want to do. So if I want to get some soccer shirts made, uh, don't come to you. Yeah, I'm not really interested in doing that because what we do, it, it doesn't fit the, I don't want to say it doesn't fit our brand, but really like we're in it to like, we have artists that come into our facility wanting a video and then they get inspired to get in the recording studio and then they get inspired to do merchandise. Like I want that to be first priority. I don't want to be yeah. like, oh, you want some cool hoodies made? Well, I got to make some for Bob's hot dogs. I'll <laughs> yeah. get to you. I'll get back to you in two weeks. Well, because like an artist, an <laughs> artist, an artist immediately, if they're going to spend their money on clothes, they're going to do two things. They're either going to sell it to their friends and family or they're going to give it away to their friends and family. Like most artists are not just like super established enough to just go out there and start selling $25 shirts or something. So like make like a brand out of it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, which is perfect because they'll be like, ooh, damn, these shirts are really nice. Where did you get them from? And they're like, oh, most likely they're going to be like Carlisle made them or something like that yeah, yeah. just because Lawn Chair, Lawn Chair is still trying to brand ourselves a little bit more into doing that. But the only, the most of the time they come is because I get them in the building. And yeah, I'm they like, come to do a video, then they see, oh, you want merch? I just wanted to do merch. Every mm. rapper ever wants to be a rapper and have a clothing line. It's every single rapper ever. I'm one of them. <laughs> so, like, that's 100%. You're what, catering to that market. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know what rappers want to do. They want to make clothes and stuff. And, like, once we make enough money, um, I had my, my buddy C Supply hit me up today. He was like, yo, man, I'm trying to sell my um, my embroidery machine. He has one of the, the $10,000 embroidery machines. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to sell it, but he's like, oh, I want like $9,000 from it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> not going like, yeah. to. No. If we, if we just had, had $10,000, me and Zach might jump on it. But at the same time, like yeah. until like clothing starts popping off, because everything else is doing good. The music videos in the studio, they're like. Well, right, that's your bread and butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. Doing the clothing and stuff. That's yeah, because cool. you got to get an artist who comes in and is serious about it. Everybody says, "Oh, I want a T-shirt," and then you give them a quote, and then they just kind of fall off. It's like, okay, like find somebody who's really serious about it and like actually wants to pursue it, and then we'll knock that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which we have. Um, I, I hope this probably comes out before then, but like we're gonna be at uh, Birmingham's uh, Punk Rock Flea Market on the seventeenth of October. Yeah. Like we're gonna have a booth there where we're gonna be selling selling a bunch of our new merch that we just printed in house. But as we're there, I'm still gonna make it as an opportunity to market our studio. Like we'll have mm -hmm. cards, be like, hey, you know, if you ever know anyone that has to do recording or you're looking to print your own stuff or take photos or anything like that, boom, you know, here's a card. Like 
there's going to be people that are going to ask about it. Like, well, I think that's cool. Like a whole nother, you know, apart from the whole music side of it, just having a, a big open studio. Like when I shared some stuff in the groups that I'm connected with, a lot of them are, you know, have backgrounds in uh, wedding photography or professional photography and other facets. And they were like, Oh, this space is awesome. You know, I want to come here and shoot some marketing photos or, uh, you know, I want to do a, a session here for whatever else. Um, I think that's a whole nother yeah, which we're open Avenue, to, you so, know, which is really cool. Yeah, we uh, we we market all that on our website, and so the we we the production studio is open, and the recording studio is open for any and all talent. Like we're we're in hip hop, and we do music videos, but we built this space for people to come in and use and rent the space. It's a business first. Business first, yeah. But, but we have our things that people want to come there for mainly. Yeah, mostly the arcade that you guys have built no. in the front. Yeah, we got a pretty badass. Arcade. Dude, it's, it's awesome, the, it's man. It's the vending machine. That's what people come from. The vending machine. We have the best vending machine. That's in the best investment we have ever made. Like this, the studio is a great investment. But if you, if anybody out there wants to be an entrepreneur and get into like how to make money and buy a vending machine <laughs> and then find somewhere to put it because that thing is so profitable. People love snacks, man. Snacks yeah. ain't going out of style. Yes. Especially when they smoke. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yeah. People Where did y'all find the vending machine? Like, how did that... It's like an old school... That's all... Like, uh, yeah, so... Clunk button so I had... Machine. So I had just $1,500 that I had to invest and I was like, I found one on Craigslist uh, in the machine. The machine's from 1997. So yeah, it's, it's... a little bit so older, it's, yeah. But it's... Prime it's, it's awesome. pristine. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Like it's gonna. It does dollars. That's what it does. It does dollar <laughs> bills. Yeah. And so it does dollars. It does. So, um, Sage's dad actually owns a vending machine company in Montgomery, and so he has the perfect attachments for his truck to pick up a vending machine and stuff. So I call him. He comes down because he's in Birmingham working. We go over to uh, Sage is your girlfriend for and, those that don't. Yeah, know. and then also and my baby mama. Uh, baby Congrats. but anyway thank you but uh but he has the perfect stuff to pick up a vending machine and he knows all about them so like it's just way easier to kind of like he taught you guys how to program oh it i'm like i'm like yeah. hey man look at this one also on facebook marketplace i found my vending machine so that's t- shout out two facebook. for two <laughs> two for two but like you know that's the i, I go there and meet him i was like oh that looks great gave him the money uh gave me a locking key for it brought it to the studio same day me and zach are like Let's go to Sam's Club. We get a Sam's Club membership, which you have now too. So the whole McCallum family and us yeah. share share it, the uh, the Sam's Club, and then we stock it up. And then, I mean, every week, I think every week we make almost a hundred bucks. I'd say it's like it's like every week we're going to Sam's to restock it. <laughs> yeah, it's correct because you. You're I'm a snack telling company, you, yeah. have people who come in for video and they bring their entourage, and it's just a. I told Tim, I was like, it's like a domino effect. Like they all look at the machines, like, oh, that's cool, but it only takes one person to buy a bag of Cheetos, and then everybody's like, ooh, I gotta have those Cheetos. You'll yeah. thirty five dollars in a night. That's yeah, cool. just boom, 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 boom. Tomorrow boom. when tomorrow when I'm doing these live performances, we restocked yesterday. It'll be empty tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna get in the vending machine game, man. Yeah. yeah, but no, I wouldn't say get in the vending machine game. I would say get in the vin- if you're gonna buy a vending machine, you need to find a business that's similar to like ours. <laughs> that that would be the way to make it profitable. But that's also a little scary because like the good thing about us having a vending machine is it's my vending machine. We control it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about you know coming in next week and like 
it's broken yeah. like and you have to fix it out of your own pocket to make it work like you know and then plus you had to give a percentage no we make literally all the money from and it. it's cool because we we with it being a private studio and you, you have to be there for a certain like if you're there for a video like that's how you get in it's not like at a shopping mall or anything sure so yeah. we can gauge like what people gravitate towards I and so to that yeah. yes and absolutely and some artists are like ooh, this artist is coming today we're going to make 15 to 30 dollars on the vending machine mm-hmm. based off just one group of people coming in and those people already know they're bringing their dollars and change. Their and dollars. You before the dollars. they come, they're like, oh, I don't have to go to the gas station and buy stuff. I can literally just go to the studio. Until mm. we get a dream machine, then it's over. Ooh, buddy, when we how, get that. How dude. hard are those to find? They're, they've been, they're just expensive. They're like... Just like a regular... Like, soda machines are expensive. Machine. Yeah, yeah, they're expensive. They're can like you 15. find them secondhand? You can, yeah, but they want thousands of dollars for them. Because dream machines, dream machines are way more profitable... Than sack machines. Yeah, sure. Because people, wants to everybody wants to drink. You're going to come back for another soda more than you will come back for another honey bun. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Because you eat one honey bun, you're it's like eating like two bananas. You know, the first banana is good. <laughs> see, Zay laughing, but it's the same. You eat one banana, and you're like, "Ooh, that banana." What kind of connection was that? <laughs> it is okay. Let me explain it then. For all please, the banana, all the banana eaters, if you eat one banana, you eat the banana, and be like, "Oh, that's really good." Then you start to eat the second banana, you get halfway, and be like, "Man, this is just too much banana." <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, if you eat one honey bun, well, I don't think I've ever had that problem, but yeah. <laughs> how many how many double bananas eat you eat? Not much. Exactly. Exactly. Eat two bananas and I don't like, eat a lot of bananas. Damn. Period. That's just a funny analogy. <laughs> it's because you don't eat bananas. <laughs> But if I eat two honey buns, I bet I bet you feel like shit. <laughs> if I eat two bananas, I probably would. Yeah, exactly. Too much protein. Moral of the story, <laughs> a drink machine is way more profitable. Okay. Two bananas, too many drink machines, more profitable. But it yeah. costs more because you have refrigeration. Okay. I guess I'll see that. Yeah. So it's kind of like a double edge, but at the same time, it's... It can't be that much more than a But if you, buy, no if you buy a drink, you're going to buy a snack, so it works perfectly. Whereas people buy a snack and they're like, hey, do you have any drinks I can buy? We've uh, gotten that a lot. A lot. Well, y'all have a kitchenette, though, and like drinks in the yeah. fridge and stuff. Yeah, right. which is... which. Mm, yeah, is that's that a problem? But, well, no. <sighs> yes and no, because when you pay for the space and you're coming and you're doing a a recording session you have your group of guys with you like you you have paid for the space but where those limitations are of like okay just because you're here doesn't mean you're you have access to all these things like we have backstock that like once we fill the machine we would put backstock in the kitchenette we'll come to find out people go through all the drawers in the kitchenette because they're here they're like oh there's water in the fridge oh there's snacks here like why did you pay for it out of the machine when it's sitting in the cupboard oh dude you need to put a lock on that or well something. we've we've since fixed it you know growing pains but yeah you get because people bring their entourage and you have somebody in the booth and you have 15 other guys with you they get bored they like yeah. well that's the whole reason for the arcade yes know, so yeah so that's helped a lot and the smart tv up on the wall like we have hbo we have netflix hulu all that stuff so any any plans to add any more games any pinball Ski ball. We've talked about pinball. So uh, ski ball's out. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it's just too big. But I have I have a pinball machine. I I I want to get. It's like nine hundred dollars. They're now. all so expensive. Dude. Oh, well, it's oh. not. It's not that it's so expensive. It's just like nine hundred bucks do is I, cheap. Do I need to spend nine hundred dollars on a pinball? It's not, yes. a, it's not a great. Yeah. There's some that are lower quality. I rather get, like like they're like 
old school, like just the bumpers and yeah. like a yeah, couple. Yeah, I of really things. get Turtles and Tom. So that's the, the next. Uh, <laughs> so right now we have Mortal Kombat, we have uh, Big Buck Hunt, mm-hmm. we have Pac Man, and we have NBA, NBA Jam. Jam. And this is like the full old school like arcade. Yeah, yeah, yeah the old and arcade cabinet. Then we also have N sixty four with a bunch of classics. And GameCube with a bunch of classics on a CRT, like yeah. a classic TV. So Tim brought I'll send you a photo of this you can show. But uh, we have our arcade machines on left and right, and then Dead Center is an old school CRT. And Tim brought his N64, his GameCube, with all of his old school classics. And so, and then there's a smart TV up on the wall. So you can have like Netflix going, you have all your guys playing the arcades, and you have like lawn chairs sitting around, and everybody's duking it out, and like, Super Smash Brothers Melee and eating snacks. And eating snacks. Yeah, yeah. eat those snacks. It's definitely a vibe. Like we yeah. we we knew going into it, we want a cool space that people can come and hang out in, and I think we've achieved that. Yeah. Yesterday was wild because we had a uh, my buddy like Lil Bam was in there to shoot his live video, and we have a little basketball goal. And oh, okay, let's talk about this. So <laughs> we bought we Tim brought in a. Uh, it was actually Kika. Kika brought it in. Shout out Kika. Because that is a moneymaker. Kika brought in a uh, a little basketball hoop that you hang on like your door at like home. Yeah, yeah. Like little mini basketball hoop. And Tim, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you. Explain. Tim makes some money off that basketball. Yeah. Ball. So, I in in the rap community, it's called being green, which means that you look like you're easy to take money from. And I'm just like prime picking. He's green, I look, baby. I look like you could take. I I I look gullible as anything. Like, yeah, man, you want to play a to put ten dollars on a shot? It's like you know how hustlers play at pool sure. and they'll lose the first game and then they just take all your money. It's 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 like that. Like yesterday, the guy was like, "Yo, you want to do ten dollars a shot?" And I was like, "Sure." So put ten dollars on the ground. First person to make it gets the ten dollars. Okay. Swish, swish, swish. So swish, I won swish. ninety dollars yesterday. <laughs> Playing like little toy like basketball. Little basketball, yeah, yeah. I and I would, I know, I would like lose ten dollars and then I would win it back and then, then it'd get a thing like I would lose, I would win twenty dollars from this dude and he's like, oh, let's play for that twenty. So he could either get zero or I get forty dollars and I, boom, make swish. it forty. Like, it's incredible to watch because I have security cameras in my office. So I'm watching. I'll hear them talking, and I'm like, "Oh, here we go!" And I'll pull it up, the, throw, yeah. and I'm like, Buddy. "Watch this go down." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were shooting for was it fifty or hundred dollars shots? Uh, I did a hundred dollars shot the other day. Say I lost a hundred dollars shot, but I won sixty before that. So I won sixty dollars from like all his friends, and then uh, then I won twenty from him. And then he's like, "Yo, let's play for a hundred. So and I lost a hundred dollar shot. So I lost like twenty bucks, but yeah. like. But it doesn't stop there. It starts at ten, then twenty, then fifty, then you're at a hundred dollars shot. It's just it's, it's fun. crazy. It's fun because like I have well, that's the high stakes uh, blood soaked into the walls that's coming yeah, yeah, back out. Yeah, because like from out. the previous business. Because I have the money to like just do that, but I have fun with it. Like it's not like oh man, I gotta win. I gotta shoot the ball. Like if I lose, I lose. Like it's fine. But I have a really good chance of winning. So like it's worth doing. Like if someone's like, "Yo, I'm gonna put just twenty dollars," just hustling people. It's not even hustling. I just like I just I'm. I, well, he's never the one who provokes it. They're yeah. always like, "Yo, you want to put money on this shot?" And he's like, well, "Yeah, yeah." Sure, I never it. like, "Hey, man, let's play for money," like because then that like, yeah, then they'd be mad. Sure. No, I wait for them to initiate it, or I tell them like, "Yeah, yeah, we were playing for money the other day in here," and they're like, "Oh, you want to put twenty dollars down on a shot?" 
Yes. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Boom. But just like dangling that bait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, all in good fun though. It, yeah. it really is. Yeah. I mean, because they can win money too. It's not like it's unfair. Yeah. I can't just make a basketball go into a hoop. I just know how to shoot it really good. Like, I mean, that's Anyway. Well, you guys have a really cool space. Um, I've spent a lot of time over there, and then uh, I've stopped by. You guys have done some pop-up shops in there. That was really awesome. I think I came by one. It's pouring down rain. I think you were sick and you weren't there. Um, how did that start happening? And uh, there's some videos online that I'll show that um, it looked like, man, it was packed out. It was, just, it was almost like a small version of the flea market thing that's coming up. Yeah. yeah. Shout out my buddy uh, Ivan or Navi Fines. He uh, he sells vintage clothes in Birmingham. Uh, and he's also been one of my – he used to rap with me like in 2012, 2013. So he's one of my rap buddies. And uh, he reached out to me to rent the spot out with uh, with uh, his, his I guess, the partner, pa- partner at, at the, at the time. time. Yeah. And they, they did a spot – they rented it out, had a bunch of vendors come in. He sold clothes on the first time, so they were vendors were paying money, so they had enough money to pay for us to use the spot. And, I mean, it it's good. It's, it's really good for us because we would also pay for a vendor spot for ourselves, and we would sell clothes, and we make money every single time. We make money from them renting plus selling our own clothes. But then you also have live performance, so you have these rappers coming in. And then they see the facility. All these new faces come to this facility, and now forever they will know that there is an RK recording print shop mm-hmm. studio in Birmingham that is super accessible. It's just it's great publicity for us. It was it was his idea to do a pop up, and we had kind of talked about it, and considered it. We we're like, all right, let's do it once and see how well it goes. And we made money off the rental. We made money off of our own sales, and then returning artists who had come to the pop-up and then ended up booking sessions with us we're like okay let's do it again and luckily it was successful enough for him that he was like yeah let's do it again so we've done two two, two or pop-ups three, two so far i don't think we're gonna probably do another one maybe until like next year or something like that just because like it just really comes down to like how vendors are there is a lot of like how like i was talking about like the lcy uh, the live performances like there's a lot of people doing them in Birmingham, there is a lot of places that are like having them pop up and charging them way less money than us. Like they're just like, "Hey, man, yeah, vendors only have to charge twenty dollars." Like for example, at the uh, the flea market we're going to, it's only thirty dollars for us to go and have a spot. Yeah, which is crazy. Whereas at our studio, they have to charge fifty dollars so they can make their money back. But at the same time, you're having a facility with bathrooms, it's AC unit. It's indoors, so it, if it rains, you're not screwed. Well, Cahaba's indoors and all that stuff. They got the facility. Of course, they're going to sell alcohol. That's what they're, they're just like. Yeah, hey, just so, get people here. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, like th- you know, there's I, yes, it, yes, it there. costs more money, but also me and Zach have to be there, or I have to have an extra employee. I can't just naturally be the only person there to naturally work it. Yeah, we got hundreds yeah. of people. Yeah. staff there. Yeah. So yeah, because both of them had over a hundred people come. Well, that's crazy. I see these vintage markets popping up everywhere. I know, you know, Moms does one, and uh, the obviously the vintage. The Moms one's the one I was talking about, with like an open field. Yeah, they just do it out back. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, really, really popular thing. It was good for us. It was a good learning experience to see, like, hey, we can host an event. That's yeah, kinda... so that's what I was saying. Are you guys thinking about doing any other types of events? I'm sure um, we will, yeah. 
Because, I mean, you just open that big warehouse door, especially if the weather's good. And people yeah. can be inside and outside. Yeah. yeah. Show movies on the wall. You could have bands play. I mean, yeah. the sky's yeah. the limit. You know? we, we, we've gotten to the point where, like, we, we really don't want to do concerts there just because there's so much liability. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I was I was telling Zach the only way we could ever do live shows there is if we one did it we build a stage like in the alleyway, or we either build a stage in the garage like the garage opening and then people are in the gravel. They're not actually coming into the yeah building. yeah because we just have for our space it works great but when you open it up I guess a band is a, is a great example it's like this there's, there's too much liability for something to go wrong with all of or our stuff to get torn up. Yeah, or, all of our whatever. facets of stuff that we're doing. They got a lot of expensive gear in there. Yeah, like that. that too. It's like we we'd have to have several staff on board, like keeping an eye on things. Like not to say like you know Birmingham's bad or people are just in there trying to steal stuff, or no, break I mean, things. But you know stuff does happen. And but I think pop up show wise, like having vendors in there and selling stuff, a more tame. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, did, yeah, I think I think we're gonna probably have like a big pop up, but I think it's gonna be next year. I think we want to at least get like at least a half a year, quarter year. We couldn't do it in October anyway. We're so slammed this month yeah. that we couldn't fit it in. Yeah, I was about to say how busy are like, you? Like probably spring, like maybe like spring break would probably be like a cool time to do a pop up, like mm-hmm. when everyone's back off school, like have like a one day pop up. We know plenty of vendors that would love to be on there, and if we're doing it ourselves, then we we probably won't make as much money like from like renting the space out like we would but just that general exposure man it's like hard to do like you know just generally um i was telling um me and zagman also talking about doing this because like lawn chairs getting so more established and bigger i want to do the first annual like um i want to do the first annual concert i want to do a lawn chair youth fest or LCY Fest. Like I've been oh, wanting, my gosh. You guys have big aspirations. I want to do a fest. Like I think the first one I want to do is just rent out Iron City because you can rent out Iron City. This is the first I'm hearing of this. <laughs> what? We yeah. have not talked about yes, this. Yes, we have. No, we have not. Uh, okay, well, you're going to hear it here first. But, uh, but yeah. Oh, I, no, okay. Yeah. I take that back. We have, we t- not not Sloss. We talked about Firehouse. Yeah. We 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 wanted to do uh, originally. Okay. F- we need to, Iron City Firehouse. We need to roll completely. Okay, we need to roll this back. Roll this back. Roll this back. <laughs> because you lost me. So <laughs> over the years, LCY with with the artists that we work with, and then even artists that we manage, like we have our like LCY branded artists, like hip hop artists here in Birmingham who are on the come up, who need that spotlight of like just to, like a performance, like get them out on stage in front of people. So I know where you're going with this now. Yes, we have talked about putting on a, an event at a location, but it being like LCY, like Birmingham-based artist that we worked with, it was like on the come up. But we sponsor that and put it on to kind of showcase all of these different artists. So not like another uh, Secret Stages festival. No. Yeah, nothing. No, 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 I was no, like, no. dude, okay, no, that's nothing, freaking crazy. Unless, no. unless, it gets to a, <laughs> unless it gets to a point... No, we could do it. Unless do it gets it. to a point How where it's it? like that. I mean, Lyrical Lemonade did it in three years. Now, True. what is that? Lyrical Lemonade is that's what they people that's what people consider us of Birmingham. They consider us like the Lyrical Lemonade of Birmingham, in a sense. So there's a videographer. Oh, I'll let you tell the story. So you're, you're, Lyrical uh, Lemonade. Cole Bennett home. is the genius in Chicago. He he started shooting music videos. One of his artists, the first artist that blew up was named Famous Dex. Give me one too, I'm out. 
but famous Dex blew up and then it helped him establish and he was he was uh I'll take that one actually. That's great. Yep. It's a great beer. Take that one. Give me the Watch oh, it. I'm going to be the one that likes it. But uh he he shot for uh he shot for a famous person and then that famous person another person came um I wouldn't say he's famous but like he he shot videos that were so good at the time and all the artists were popping off that it just it just kept you know, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then he holds a festival and the first festival is way smaller than he, but he brings out like one big artist and it goes good. Then, then his company grew five times in the sense of doing his first festival. And then, then grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all the artists that he originally shot, they're all big and famous now. And then he holds a festival with all the big and famous artists that he started shooting with. And that's how now granted, no, he has a way I feel like he just had such a, a better ascent as a director, and that you know it's way it's probably way easier. You know, you don't naturally get a director that just shoots every person that becomes famous. Like that's just not how directing works. Like I'm over here shooting 200 videos a year, and he shoots 20, 25 a year. But they're all huge. Yeah, but the, every time they do and they do numbers, people want to hit him up. Labels are paying him to shoot these videos at high budget and blah blah blah. But anyway, he started doing festivals, and his first festival wasn't even that big. He just rented out like a building, and then he had Lil Uzi Vert come, which people that know who Lil Uzi Vert is, he's a huge artist. But at the time, he was not a big artist. He paid him $3,000 for a show, which Zach doesn't even know this. But imagine paying Lil Uzi $3,000 to perform. He's like a $100,000 artist now. Like, paying him to come was just, you know icing on the cake for you to want to come and do it. So you guys think you have the next $100,000 artist in your back pocket? Well, we think we have a good showcase of Birmingham artists who, like, you know, put their mind behind it could be huge. Yeah. Just the artists that we deal with day-to-day coming into this studio or just artists that we've dealt with over the years. We think that we could put on a good, I call it a showcase, put on a good enough show that we sponsor and we pay for to have artists you know, put their name out there, get them out there. Yeah. Now, is there anybody else in town doing something similar to what you guys are doing? I don't, I don't know, because we do so much. We do so many different. I don't things. think so. Video, I mean, video wise, yes. Video wise, there are, are there are, there are videographers in Birmingham that are making way more money than I am. But I mean, as far as like a studio space. Oh, it's a studio like, space. Like the, the the space that you guys have built. That's what I'm saying. Like based on just everything that we do. There no. is there is one, but they're not they're not like getting their brand out. There's one building that was before our building that had everything we had called Raw House right on the west side. Oh yeah, we didn't know that existed though. Yeah, because they then uh, my uh, he's my buddy now. Twan's my buddy. Everything like that. I was using his spot to shoot because we didn't have it yet, and he has all of this. He even has like he he's turned it into a bar. Like they own his dad bought all of this property like 18 years ago. Turned it into a bar. Oh no, he owns like two two ten thousand square foot businesses just right there in West, and he's trying to make it into like a district. And it like, Dang, and I'm watching awesome. it. I'm watching it come from the come up. So this dude's trying to make a bunch of money, trying to build all this this property. So I mean, shout out to him because I mean he's gonna he's gonna eventually do it, but like but he but he also piggybacks with me and he's just like man I'm proud of y'all y'all actually did it like I'm you know like we have like you know five times less of a space so like we were able to like really dial in 
luckily I've been shooting videos for all these artists, so like I already know everyone. We like, have the reputation when we came into the yeah. space versus building a space and then trying to get your name Starting out there. there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm super humble. Like I anyone that meets me knows that all I care about is Birmingham. Like all I care about literally is the city when it comes to like because it has it's literally does have better talent than almost any other city that I hear. Like I, I can I can vouch for that because almost any artist that I hear that gets famous out of other cities, I'm like, oh, there's like a tons of artists in Birmingham that are already better than that person. They just haven't had the song that blows them up. That that exposure does it. Yeah. So like being that kind of like all in one place that you can come to, you know, like if you go to Lawn Chair Youth, you know, it's trying to become the new Atlanta. You go to Atlanta, you get a studio session. In that studio session, you might see five famous rappers in just one one spot working. That's how they all connect into music. Whereas Lawn Chair Youth, the dude out there playing N64, GoldenEye, is one of the biggest rappers in Birmingham, and you just booked a session like an hour after his. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, oh, dude, you're here? Yo, I've, I've, been, we've been, I've been trying to get you on a song. You want to come in here and do a song real quick? Boom, and then that can just happen just naturally. It's all about making connections and stuff. Yeah. So. Networking is the only way you get big, especially in Birmingham. In Birmingham, you literally, it doesn't matter what you do, you will never be anyone if you don't network. It's 100% how it's going to happen. So... Do you guys feel that the studio is complete now? All the blood, sweat, and tears you guys have put into <laughs> Not it? Not even close. Not even what, close. what else is on the radar? Anything you want to share that you guys have planned that you want to do? Dude, the checklist is endless. There's always something to do. There's always something bigger and better to do. Like right now, so the production wall is done, but we're wanting to build a big light cloud, and we're wanting to do all these different colored RGB lights hanging from the wall so that you can light. Can't wait. Just all kinds of stuff, man. Like, and then the alleyway is another big thing. We want to turn the alleyway into like this patio slash basketball slash smoker's pit. You know, slash why. just like a chill. So you could school people and make money. <laughs> oh yeah, he wants a real basketball goal. He would call it the green court. The green court. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of things that we want to do, but right now, kind of business is just getting in the way. Yeah. We, well, you're up and running, and you're making money, so that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if people want to find you or book a, a session or use the studio space or the white wall to come in and do some photography or whatever, what's the best place? Uh, online, for sure. Go to lcymedia.com. All of our info is there. You can see our production space. You can see our recording studio. It's got notes in it on stuff that we offer, our hourly rate. You can book and do everything online. And if you have any questions, there's a contact page. It's linked directly to me. So I'll get back to you in a few hours And if you have any questions or anything. And you also can uh, purchase our new merch, too, if you uh, want to buy a hoodie, shirt, or Heavy Ultra merch actually is on there, too. Yeah, thank you for, for doing yeah, that. So That's our only outlet for Affiliated for TV. merch if you wanted to get the, the little drinky guy shirt uh i don't know what you called it the but drinky yeah i don't know what it's called <laughs> little moonshine yeah, little, yeah. A a moonshine bottle uh, yeah we're gonna make some new shirts man it's gonna be fun it's gonna be cool we got some rad designs thanks to you i'm not a graphic designer so appreciate you shooting the designs to me yeah well so tim had mentioned we have the uh pock runk pock what is it pock punk rock punk flea rock market flea, yeah. the pock punk the proc rocks <laughs> flea market we're going to be at uh we have a booth lcy media will be there kind of promoting our stuff our merch designs but heavy ultra will also be there with new heavy ultra merch and stuff like that too sweet shout out t-shirts so i'm printing all that this week 
Um, yeah, we just literally got the biggest order of shirts we've ever got. <laughs> shirts and hoodies. Yeah. God, it's so it's so much. It's so much. But so when are you gonna start like a Twitch account, man? I see like people that like Twitch is the new rage. It'd be so rad to have it like is, these. It like, is. But I just need the setup to do it. I need like. Um, it's a lot more goes into it. Yeah, than just, just this set. I mean, I've learned so much just building this. Yeah, so imagine sp- this, but then you need to pipe it into a live stream. Yeah. It's a lot that goes into it. But it'd be so rad, man. I know it would. Yeah, I've been talking about it for years. Because that's like your biggest. I know you're a big Twitch fan. That's most yes. of you I would love to finally hours. get on Twitch. Yeah, because it's a great, like... It's a great way to pass time. Like if I'm cleaning the press or, or coding screens or burning screens, I have the TV on and I'm just watching Twitch streams. Watch somebody sell video games in Washington yeah. or something. Yeah, shout out DS Cooper. He's great. He owns a video game store in Seattle. And but you guys have so much going on, you know, like the content is endless, yeah. I think. So. 24 hour LCY streams. Let's dude, go. I know, dude. It'd be cool. Yeah. No, just life around the shop, I think it'd be rad. Um, just a different perspective because we can sit here and talk about it. And then I can showcase stuff on vlogs and stuff, but live, like, it's real, like, unedited, unfiltered. Like, you're there, and you can see what some of the stuff that we deal with day to day. So is it just you two guys? Or or is there a – do you guys have employees, or or how does that work? Yeah, well, it's always been me and Tim since the very beginning. And I really want to harp on that because from the very beginning, it has always been us. We've always had friends who are like, oh, this is cool, this is neat, but, like, Nobody was, I don't want to say like not driven, but nobody like had the vision that we had. And stuff that we talked about when we were like first became friends, Tim talked about we became friends because we were making YouTube videos. Like he made YouTube videos, I made YouTube videos. It's relatable. But all of our other friends kind of fell off and did their own things. But we were always like, this is like when we when we get on something and we both agree on something and we're both passionate about it, like that doesn't just go away. It's not like, oh, we'll come back to it in two years. It's like, no, let's harp it out and make it work, which I think is why we're such great. I mean, we're great friends and great business partners in the same respect. But when we finally opened the facility, when we got into the recording studio, we definitely knew that we needed like engineers to run sessions and somebody that we could – Somebody reliable who's also passionate about it and wants to do it, and we which had, isn't which is nearly impossible in in our climate. Because again, it comes back to people always want to talk about, oh yeah, that's cool, that's rad. But when it actually comes time to putting in the work and doing it, they all flake, they all fall off. Like nobody's for real, except for our buddy Maestro. <laughs> yeah, shout out Maestro. So he actually, I think he had seen what we were posting online. And he had reached out and was like, hey, um, I do some producing. I, I make my own beats, but I really want to learn. Like, I really want to get to the next level. I want to, like, be professional about it. Like, This dude came the next day. Yeah, what can you offer me? And we're like, we'll come through and we'll talk to you. We'll show you the space. And He just cold called you guys. He didn't know. Yeah, he, okay. showed up, he showed up the next day. We showed him. The studio wasn't even built. It was just framing. No carpet, no drop ceiling. Like, it was raw. And we told him like, hey, like this is our vision, this is what we're doing. Like if you if you're serious about it and you want to show up and put in the work, like this will be something. And he's been there not every since day, day yeah, yeah. Almost every day since. Yeah. He yeah. showed up, put in the work, and um no, he's like our go to engineer now. He's learned so much along the way. And um yeah, anytime we have sessions, he's he's our guy. And he agrees with like what we were saying before, like it's a place that doesn't feel like work. Now, granted, some days it probably does feel like work because it'll be there sure. for like 10 hours. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, 
it's so much more rewarding than working a nine to five job. Because it's us. It's us. So we're like in between sessions, we're out there throwing the basketball or we're playing video games or watching tomorrow when I shoot 10 lives. I'm not going to be like, damn, I wish I would, I didn't have any more lives to shoot. Like, I'd be like, why mm. would I not want to, you know, shoot a video in 10 minutes and give it to someone and make them feel like they're on top of the world? Like, but the great thing is, during all those live performances, Maestro, he will show up without, like, hey, you need to come through. He will just show up on his own time and do his own networking while he's there. So you got a group of guys who are all there for a music video, but they all make music. He's like, hey, I'm Maestro. Here's the recording studio. I do mixing and mastering. I do recording. Like, yo, let's network. And then, like, multiple times, people have come in for a live performance and then booked a studio session immediately after. Or K1 uh, or Kika, um, he's my producer that I manage. He'll be in there just making beats. And I'll be like, yeah, my my uh, my producer's in there right now cooking up. If you want to go in there and shop, he he got plenty of beats. And then me and Keegan making like $300 just selling beats out of doing lives and stuff because people are just so used to going to YouTube and stealing beats off YouTube, whereas like owning a real beat from a real Birmingham artist, mm-hmm. that's way different, you know, like. Because that burned you or burned some of your artists in the past that did the same thing, right? Yeah. Oh, music. yeah. Not owning beats, just, it just, you know, it, it eliminates you from ever being blowing up from that song you can't just blow you don't own the rights to that song yeah yeah Yeah. so like that's just kind of like the biggest thing but yeah so having either having maestro or having k1 in there making beats or just just being there is such a like vital part of us like expanding our business and kind of just making it better and and kt or uh, uh, maestro's on payroll we call him kt by the way but maestro's on payroll with us so every time he's doing a session he's getting paid and he's doing better than working a nine to five. Oh yeah i mean yeah definitely we we that's awesome because yeah. he was there and he showed and not i mean we have other engineers too but maestro definitely sticks out to us because he he came to us for it and then he proved himself like he proves that he wants to be there and he wants to do it and so i think we're great bosses i think we pay really well and we're professional but we keep it you know you said you have other engineers that that work for you guys yeah so we have two other engineers but they also work full-time jobs jobs. this is kind of like that's their hobby and stuff that they they like to do in their off time but for maestro this is his full gig this is what he does we would we would like to have another full-time engineer that's you know not looking at that it's not like going through jobs or doing stuff like that we would like to have another person that's like maestro but like, man, it's hard. I mean, it's it's hard because no one takes it serious. Like they, they I, I don't know why they take work being an engineer at a studio as like it's like something not serious. Like Maestro went from making you know like first I would say first like two weeks he was there he made probably like four hundred five hundred dollars, and then the next month he's making like two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Like. Yeah. Just but but having fun and all he does is get better. He don't you don't just get worse as like I me like you're a videographer. You don't technically get worse as a a videographer or a photographer. Like you. Well, hopefully not. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you don't naturally just get worse at something. You would hopefully get better or learn from it. Like, oh, next show I need to do something like that. It's the same thing with mixing and mastering. Like he's he's hearing his imperfections as he's doing it. And then even with different artists coming in, every single time you have someone that's coming in, like, oh, I make this type of music. He's like, oh, I recorded someone that did that type of music, so I know exactly what I need to do. It's a great opportunity too because I don't know if we, we touched on it. We have all these different artists coming in for videos and live performances and some pretty like staples of Birmingham, like big time artists that, you know, Maestro may have never had the chance to work with, but this guy just so happens to be in the booth. And it's like, it's a great opportunity for both of us to not only get to work with this artist, but then have Maestro work with him and have them be in our studio. Uh, it's just great. It's great business. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it just all comes down to like building our brand and the best way to build our brand is to have everyone on our team be professional from start to finish every single time and then show what our business really does. Cause I mean, like I've been to a million studios and most studios, the owner of the studio is like, Hey, I take your money. Here's the engineer. And then you record like, there's no like, getting to there's no know. relationship yeah there's no relationship like i there i have one of the biggest artists in birmingham who books our studio all the single all the time and all he does is text me like hey is there any openings in the studio he texts me he's not texting the engineer he's texting no. the boss of the building i was like yeah yeah i'll be down there today to let you in i'll let me get uh i'll stay there with you if you need anything let me know or let zach know and then we take care of him it's not like because we're there every day. I call it workaholics or not, but we're we are both at the building for over twelve hours a day. They are doing something because we love it. You know, like this is yeah, it's better than sitting in my house doing nothing. Like yeah. if I'm at my house just sitting there, most of the light I'm sitting there doing nothing or watching the show or staring at my phone or something. Like that. Whereas like if I'm at the studio, I'm more entitled Being productive. To, I'm yeah. more entitled to work on something or work on something then have a break and work on something have a break. Whereas, like, if I'm at the house, I'm just, I'm at my house. Just I want to break all the time. I want to lounge and chill, break. like, and then I force myself to stay up late to get some work done. Whereas, like, uh, I was at the studio the other night, and I was just working on videos, and then someone hit us up to do a video real, a little late, or someone booked a session, and then, oh, I go, I'm already at work. I can go Until, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, and we're yeah. like, God dang it, dude. Yep. Ready for bed. But, yeah, but Sweet. no. It's it's coming together. So if you want to work at LCY, just sometimes randomly DM. Sometimes it works. Be passionate. Don't fucking flake. <laughs> Piece of shit. Well, I know you guys are staying busy. Obviously, Tim's like checked out already. He's no, uh, I'm not checked out. A guy's trying to book the studio. So, yeah. you know, Zach, you take over real quick. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you guys for coming to hang. Uh, Zach, I see you almost every day. So they, I'm just treating this like you're a normal mm -hmm. guest or whatever. yeah. yeah. But it's cool, man. I learned some things that I didn't know. I mean, I've kind of seen all the steps and all the headaches and stuff you guys are going through to get your space. And I'm super proud of you guys. I mean, it's awesome. And, Appreciate it. Um, it's been a know. learning curve for sure. 20, 20, 20, 2022 is going to be such a bigger opportunity for us because, like, we really get to, like, dial into what a year at LCY is going to be like. Whereas, like, now we're, we've been open for only, like, four months. Yeah, at so full we're going capacity. on yeah, yeah right, full capacity. Right. Not I would and then the first two months I wouldn't even say at full capacity. Like every month we change as a company inside. Like you see something new, like when me and Zach get back to the studio, we're adding something 
and immediately as soon as we get in the door, yeah, that tonight. came in the mail today. Yeah. Like we're gonna have a flower wall where you can take pictures with like a grassy background. Because you gotta have that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like just little touches here. Where and are you there. putting that? Where's that gonna go? Is it, it inside or outside? It's in the it's, 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 it's in the lawn area. The lawn area. So our arcade again. You have to. <laughs> you got it. It's one of those things, and I'll put some pictures. Up, yeah, I'll send like, you photos. But like your little hangout lounge area, you're, you're truly sticking to the lawn chair theme. Oh, you've for got sure. you've got uh, uh, astroturf. Or, well, no, it's not astroturf. Glorified ash. It's like it's the cheap shag green carpet. Grass not this thing. ain't cheap, but this, this ain't is, definitely ain't cheap. It looks like grass out in like. Um, like Homewood, Vestavia, like super nice, like, and we pay for it too, buddy. Yeah, it's fake grass, but it looks like real grass. But that's just in your in your arcade area. Yeah, yeah. we built out with lawn chairs, lawn and chairs. Everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just like build you build on your theme. Like you want to do, you want to make an experience for a person who comes in and be like, oh, I'm going to go to lawn chair youth today. And then you walk in and you see actual lawn chairs and you see grass and you see like a chill, you know, area just to kind of do that. Like you're going to like, like, oh man, these guys like actually care about like what their brand is. Like, it's cool, know. Alex. It's just cool too. I mean, I mean, I think it's unique. You know, you don't yeah. see that anywhere else. I think it's rad. You could just have like a clean cut apple influenced lounge like every yeah, other place yeah. or you could have like well, just like grass and lawn just chairs. like saturn or mom's basement like they play into their theme yeah and i feel like we've we're playing into Fitting our that aesthetic yeah That's cool. yeah it's rad it's yeah cool chill out what are you doing friday oh, i'm going to lcy so you guys do you guys get people that just want to come and hang out there I mean, i'm not doing all anything productive all i want to do is just play video games yes we actually have a couple artists like i shot a music video for my our buddy brando and Brando's now a re- a regular. Yeah, shout out Brando. Yeah, like, he's rad. he just comes and hangs. We have That's several Friday night. Let's let's, let's go to LCY. Yeah. But they've proven themselves. Like they're they're dedicated, and they you know they've spent money with us before. And it's like they're for real about their career. It's like if they just need a couple hours to just come vibe out. Like yeah, doors open. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Well, dudes, uh, wish you all the best going forward. We'll get you guys back on on the next big thing you guys do I'm next sure. year. I'm sure it's a it's an ever evolving project. So, uh, yeah, don't work too hard. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks.